darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. This is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. It should be uncomfortable for a believer to live as a hypocrite. Delivering people out of the bondage of mainstream media. And the philosophies of this world. God has called you and me to be his ambassadors. Even in this dark moment. Let's not miss our moment. And now, the Hamilton Corner. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Hamilton Corner here on American Family Radio. I am your host, Abraham Hamilton III. Joined <laughs> by the corner contingent right across from me, my man, a hundred grand, Mr. Bobby Rosa. And in the screening room, lighting up the dark, your friendly neighborhood with a Harley is perpetually in recovery. Mr. Marty Sparks, ladies and gentlemen, and we have the real Jay Mack, producer extraordinaire. He's he's accompanied by, he's not listening, but he's like, what's up, Cole? <laughs> oh, he is listening. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Brother, you got an amazing voice, man. He does, man. He really does. Well, praise God. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. We're so glad you have done so uh, today on this Reformation Day. <laughs> I know other people are celebrating other stuff in other places. We ain't doing none of that around here. <laughs> This day back in 1517 is when the Lord, by his grace, led Martin Luther to pin the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg Castle Church doors in Germany. This is the 506th anniversary, or 506 years ago. This is when this transpired, uh, leading to... Uh, I wouldn't say leading to, there were things that were happening before then and things that happened after that, uh, but they all contributed to uh, the Protestant Reformation. Uh, it's, it's interesting to note that Martin Luther never intended for uh, his actions to result in what actually transpired. He simply uh, saw himself as uh, expressing his objections to what he rightly, I would argue, identified as unbiblical abuses transpiring in what existed then as the exclusive expression of Christianity, which was uh, the Catholic Church. Um, the word Catholic is nothing wrong with it. It simply means universal. Uh, however, he objected to a monk among the uh, abuses, the selling, selling of grievances and uh, telling people that you can purchase your way out of purgatory and things of that nature. And so... Uh, it was this day back in 1517, October 31st, 1517, when uh, Martin Luther penned those 95 theses, 95 objections to abuses he found uh, that did not comport with Scripture, uh, which set off a firestorm all over Europe and which has resulted in uh, what we now know as the Protestant Reformation. Uh, I praise God for uh, his sovereignty and shepherding his people all throughout history, uh, restoring uh, to the body of Christ direct access to him, direct access to his word, uh, his relationship with the Ethiopian cleric Michael the deacon uh, helped him to be assured um, that what he envisioned, talking about Martin Luther, who was by, by no means a perfect man, certainly was not a perfect man, um, but assured him that what he envisioned as what 
was possible for the body of Christ. Michael the deacon helped him to see this is already happening in Ethiopia. <laughs> uh, so, but praise God for his goodness and his grace. At this very moment, many of you, if not most of you, are making your transition from, the, from your part-time jobs where you generate an income to your full-time jobs where you cultivate an outcome. And as you do so, I want to encourage you to understand, to understand the primacy that God places on family. With all the things that are happening on the international stage, all the things happening on the national stage with uh, presidential elections, the presidential election looming here in America, uh, with the election of a new Speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, with, and we'll get into this, uh, massive protests and, and even riots in many places in our own country and around the world uh, following the, the war between Israel and Hamas, but really it's between Israel and terrorists in the region. Um, I would argue Iranian-backed terrorists in the region, but others are trying to recruit. We're going to get into that later on. It's very easy to allow all of those things to capture your attention and focus, but I want to encourage you to make sure the things that you can control, the things that you have direct ability to influence primarily, your execution of obedience to the Lord, to the Lord with the specific things he has instructed you to do. Refuse to allow those things to fall by the wayside. Among those things which should be a priority for us is being faithful to our God and serving our families. Starting uh, with our relationships if we are married, uh, our call as husbands is to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. If you are married and you are a wife, you are duty is to uh, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. You'll notice on both ends, the object of ascription is the Lord himself. <clears throat> In addition to that, if God has blessed you, uh, as he has me for this stage of our lives to have uh, our referring to my wife and I having children, young children growing up in our homes, that is our first ministry, our, our spouses and our children. That is first. Doesn't mean we, we neglect and ignore other outlets, but we must not sacrifice our home in order to win the world. So as you're transitioning to your full-time jobs, I want to encourage you to do so with full intentionality, understanding the primacy that God places on family. All right, to the word of God, we go. We're going to start in 1 Kings chapter 9. 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, as uh, I was preparing for the program, and this portion of Scripture just really grabbed me. So to give you a bit of context, this is where Solomon had previously, in the previous chapters, he had gone through the dedication of the Lord's temple after you know, having King Hiram of Tyre agree to provide wood and gold and different things to, to outfit the temple. Then Solomon dedicated the, the temple, led the people of Israel in a in a long festival, a time of rejoicing. And then the Lord's glory filled the temple, as the Scripture describes it. But then you have this portion of Scripture, verse 1 in 1 Kings chapter 9. Now it came about when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that Solomon desired to do that the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer 
and your supplication, which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built by putting my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. First thing I want to point out in verse 2, when he said the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. You can cross-reference this portion of Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. And that is where uh, the Lord appeared to Solomon and asked him what he wanted. And Solomon, with an expression of humility at that time in his life, uh, said, Lord, I need wisdom to shepherd this people. You have a great people, and I need wisdom to lead them. And the Lord granted him that and gave him even more than what he asked for. Here, the scripture is hearkening back to that first occurrence in 1 Kings 3, recorded in 1 Kings 3. It says the Lord appeared to him a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. Then the, a part of the thing that really gripped me, man, is verse 3. When the Bible says, the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer. The thing that gripped me from that is... Um, what what an awesome experience to have the affirmation and the confirmation from the omnipotent king of glory, creator of heaven and earth. Uh, we read uh, yesterday from Colossians concerning the preeminence of Christ. And, and or, was that yesterday? Let's get my days confused. <laughs> but in Colossians, it talks about Colossians 1, the preeminence of Christ and all things consisting of consisting by him and being held together by him. You know, we like to refer to things, and I appreciate the scientists that uh, articulate the gravitational pull and things of that nature. But you do realize that is the Lord and the Lord alone who allows it to be gravity. (laughs) That one of the evidences of him sustaining life on our planet is the gravitational pull that we enjoy, that while we orbit and rotate, all of us, our feet remain tethered to the ground, regardless of where we are in the rotational cycle. It's amazing to consider. But it is that God who gives us access directly to him. To have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To have a position in Christ where we can offer petitions and supplicate the ruler of heaven and earth. is overwhelming to consider. This is why the psalmist cried out, what is man that you are mindful of us? To cry out to the Lord and to have the Lord affirm to you, I have have heard you. I have heard you. (laughs) Man, it is mind-blowing. And it just brought me back to the necessity of having the appropriate view of prayer because the appropriate view of prayer flows from having the appropriate view of God. Being able to rightly say, no matter what befalls us in our lives, with all of these massive events happening on the national and international stage, to be able to say, I have access to the creator of heaven and earth. It is for this reason that we have a Matthew recording in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, that the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, signifying that God is making himself accessible to us. No longer will a man have to go through an intermediary 
but that we have direct access, that God makes of his redeemed people, his called out ones, his ecclesia. He makes us a generation of kings and priests. It also reminded me of how great negligence it is for professing believers to live prayerless lives, to have direct audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, yet to be content to live life absent of making his acquaintance on a regular basis, intentionally. Hmm. It also made me think about the scripture in John 15, as well as 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, but I go to John 15 first. John 15, 7. Hmm. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I've, I've had conversations with people about this scripture. And much of the conversations focus on, what do you mean? He asks whatever I wish, you know. And if you read this text and your focus is on asking whatever you wish, it is very possible that that query is not the product of abiding in him. Because what the scripture is there to convey to us, that when we see what is available, it should provoke an additional pursuit of intimacy with the Lord, an additional pursuit of closeness with him, an additional pursuit of abiding in him. To where the Lord is, he becomes our habitation as opposed to being an infrequent feature of visitation. As these major things are happening in our lives and happening around us, I want to encourage you very simply to refuse to allow your prayer life to fall by the wayside. If we truly grasped the potency of the Lord that we profess to serve. There is no way, there is no way we will be content to live prayerless lives. All of the things that that are happening in the world, none of them usurp the sovereignty of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. None of them have caught him by surprise. None of them have caught him off guard. The Lord said to Solomon, I have heard your cry. In 1 John 5, 14, we say if we know he hears us, we have the request that we've made. Prayerlessness is a tacit declaration of independence from God. It is a life declaration that, Lord, we really don't need you. I want to encourage Hamilton Corner listeners and viewers to give yourselves to praying without ceasing. Because as we abide in the King of Kings, one of the major things that happens is that we are transformed. And that ends up transforming our prayer lives. Shining light into the darkness. This is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Hamilton Corner. Abraham Hamilton the third here. Well, predictably. <laughs> the talking snake media has its hair on fire. Because Congressman Mike Johnson, the newly elected Speaker of the House, has the audacity to say out loud that, hey, I'm a Christian. (laughs) You want to know what my worldview is? (laughs) He said, take your Bible off the shelf and read it. (laughs) The Bible's on the shelf, Mike. (laughs) Take your Bible off the shelf and read it. That's my worldview. And on cue, I mean, 
I anticipated this. Many of you anticipated this. Uh, the attacks have been far and wide. I mean, I mean, they are attacking his wife, uh, his family. In uh, one glaring example of that was uh, Jen Circleback Saki. She's made an appearance. Now, like many of you, I have not watched one minute of Circleback Saki's program on MSDNC. But I did see this clip and I said, hmm, this is interesting. So Circleback is having quite a bit of, of a conniption fit because Congressman Johnson, now Speaker Johnson, is a believer. I want you to listen to a portion of what she had to say about the newly elected speaker. It's clip number two. Go. So let's take a few minutes to talk about this new speaker. First glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine, fine-ish. Conservative, yes, but he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat. And I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? Well, he gave us all a little clue as to how he would govern in an interview this week. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview, it is his worldview. In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humble brag there. So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Religious fundamentalist, right? So I'm going to just take a few steps back. So, so they're going to stumble over themselves to try to paint Speaker Johnson as, oh, he's a right-wing extremist. And it, it's clinging to your gods and your religion. <laughs> and then she just glosses over the fact, um, Congressman Johnson started a civility caucus in Congress with the Democrat. How many Democrats started civility caucuses? Huh. Then she attempted to mock him <laughs> by saying he even referred to his election as as speaker as an act of God. Now, many of you, because you listened to this program, you actually heard me play the clip of Congressman Johnson in his first speech as Speaker Johnson, in which he said not only. Well, let me go back. He said that he doesn't believe anything is a coincidence. He said that it is God who raises up leaders. He said it is God who has placed me in this position. And he also says it is God who has placed all of you, all three of y'all, in these positions. But Circle Back Saki is not one to be confused with facts, ladies and gentlemen, especially when mockery is her objective. And mockery utilized better, not her objective, but mockery is her tool. Because her objective is similar to the rest of the talking state media to continue the marginalization 
of Christianity. Now, let's just go back to these comments. When Congressman Johnson said that it was God who placed him in the position of speaker, just as it was God who placed all of the rest of Cong- the Congress members in their positions, he is, just like he said, you want to know what he thinks? Pick up a Bible and read it. He is identifying what the Scripture says, for example, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, what the Scripture says in, in Psalm chapter 75, verse 6 through 8, uh, that it is God who raises up leaders and takes down others. That's a good one. My sister Merle says, I hope she circles back before Christ calls us. Hope she circles back to Christ. Boy, that's the truth. But there, there is a full-on meltdown going on because the new speaker has the audacity to, to say it out loud that he's a Christian and to say that his Christianity is his worldview, that the Bible provides his worldview. And these people have a problem with it. Now, I highlighted a little bit of hypocrisy. Because if people like Circle Back Saki didn't have double standards, they would have no standards at all. I didn't see any of these people have any objections when, oh, I don't know, Mr. Ice Cream Man, Joseph Robinette Biden said, he's a devout Catholic and his Catholic faith, faith informs his worldview. You know, Fancy Nancy with her ice cream. What is this with Democrats and the ice cream? Fancy Nancy with her designer ice cream cannot allow Schmovit lockdowns to keep her from getting her getting her inverted bob done. <laughs> she flew on taxpayers' money to go meet the Pope. And what about the hijab wearers? You know, they we they don't they don't they don't I don't I don't haven't seen Circle Back Saki say anything about their worldview. <laughs> being steeped in the Quran or the Hadith or. But it's just the latest iteration. And the reason why I'm saying this to you is I want you to be aware of it and to watch for it, because what is going to happen, you're going to see an an increasing centralized focus employed in our legacy media outlets and in popular conversations to attempt to point in. And and this, this is one of her major points. She said about Congressman Johnson in that same program that pretty pretty much nobody watched. Um, quote, his ideas of what America should be are completely out of line with what America actually is, end quote. Completely out of line of what America actually is. You see, once upon a time, you might remember a person said that his investment would be to fundamentally transform the United States of America. See, contrary to those who (laughs) use the term trans to represent something that could never trans, which means change, a boy can never be a girl, a girl will never be a boy. Never. When you talk about the nation being fundamentally transformed, you are saying you want to change the nation into something else. So when Circleback Saki says his ideas of what America should be are completely out of line with what America actually is, she didn't finish her maxim. Should what Congressman Johnson, Speaker Johnson's ideas of what America should be, are they what America 
should be? See, this is the question. The speaker understands the reality of what Congress is. It is an accumulation of 435 people in the House of Representatives intentionally. When you add in the Senate and the president, there literally is no policy that is advanced through Congress without the participation of 536 people. It's not a body that's meant to be a rapid response entity. It's meant to be a deliberative body. It is meant to require a cross-section of ideas. However, statesmanship, leadership, is fundamentally necessary because for too long we've had people, and I'm just going to keep it all the way real, we have people who have professed to be Republicans and, and, and Democrats who've become really out loud about their rebellion, but we've had many Republicans who know that their voting base doesn't support their wicked ideologies, yet in D.C. they become fellow swamp rats, hence the description of the uni party. For too long we have had not had anybody. When was the last time you remember having a Speaker of the House of Representatives that would stand up flat-footed, square-chested, and say, if you want to know what my worldview is, pick up the Bible? I haven't seen that in my lifetime. I haven't seen that in my lifetime. So what I'm saying to you is because, and look, Speaker Johnson has been in Congress for seven years. How come nobody had anything to say about him before now? Well, it's very simple. He wasn't Speaker of the House yet. But I'm going to tell you, because they are not going to be able (laughs) to marginalize Speaker Johnson because of his voting record, they're going to attack his faith because they believe the United States of America has become sufficiently wicked to where faithful obedience to Scripture can now become a political liability, which is why you will see that isolated, focused upon, and attempted to be the mechanism to not only derail the speaker, but really to try to oppose any agenda that is biblical, that is constitutionalist in its orientation, that would follow the wisdom of the founding fathers, They're going to try to use that as a mechanism. Now, it remains to be seen how effective they will be. Because one of the things that I do believe, I don't I don't think circle back socket said this specifically, but has but it has been rightly diagnosed is that America, by and large, has become an increasingly and exceedingly sinful nation. And I will say that the only way forward, I'm grateful for Congressman Johnson's elevation to the speakership. But my prayer for our country, our most desperate and our greatest need is repentance. Is repentance. So I want to encourage you to pray for the speaker. I want to encourage you to pray for our country. But I also want to encourage you to maximize your obedience to the, to the Lord for what he has required of you where you are because one of the great errors that has transpired in our nation within, I would say, the last 30 to 40 years is that many people have attempted to accomplish politically what the Lord says should be the product of evangelism and discipleship. We've been trying to accomplish policy objectives when the hearts of the populace remains lurching away from the Lord and his will. All right. FBI Director Christopher Ray, Bobby's favorite person, <laughs> made an appearance on Capitol Hill today. And he testified 
before a Senate committee. And he had some specific comments to make um, concerning the precipitous uptick of terror threats domestically here in America as a result of the Hamas slaughter that occurred on October 7th. And I I told you guys that this was happening um, and that this was circulating. Now you have the FBI director. Sure, he's a citadel of confidence for all of you, you know. <laughs> um, affirming what I what I really said, that it was going, going to happen. Clip number one, go. Discussions about uh, the most pressing national security threats that w- and what we face and, and what we're doing to tackle them are always important. But it seems especially well-timed this year with the dangerous implications the very fluid situation in the Middle East has for our homeland security. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. Since the horrific terrorist attacks committed by Hamas against innocent people in Israel a few weeks ago, we've been working around the clock to support our partners there and to protect Americans here at home. So in the <clears throat> congressional hearing, uh, Christopher, Christopher Ray, Ray went on to explain that al-Qaeda has issued the most specific calls for attacks on the U.S. And it's the most specific attacks that they've called for in years. Islamic State leaders have ordered their followers to attack Jewish communities, and Hezbollah is rattling about attacks in the U.S. As I told you yesterday, Iran and their proxies have already taken initiatives to strike at American U.S. US military bases and American sites in the Middle East. Now, it is true that um, al-Qaeda and even Islamic State's capacities have been uh, sufficient, I won't say sufficiently, but significantly uh, diminished particularly under the Trump administration. But they are using this Hamas attack as a basis to recruit new recruits, to try to rebuild their capacity. And what I have said, and I'm going to continue to say, is that if any nation or government is going to be serious about destroying Islamic terrorism, you cannot ignore the religious underpinning to it. You can't. You could try to play that if you want, but it won't work. And Israel has has the responsibility in order for its own protection at this stage to destroy Hamas. The old phrase, root and branch, they, they cannot ab- they cannot abide terrorists on their back back doors, back porches any longer. And I don't say that with any glee at all in my voice. I'm saying that because these are people who have expressly committed themselves to the death, to annihilating the Jewish state and the Jewish people. And so you cannot continue to try to 
negotiate with one who's saying, yeah, I'll shake your hand and try to cut your head off at the same time. The Hamilton Quarter Podcast and one-minute commentaries are available at AFR.net. Back to the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Hamilton Corner. Abraham Hamilton III. We will open the phone lines this segment. If you'd like to join the program, you're welcome to do so. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That number again is 888-589-8840. If you'd like to talk to me, I'd like to talk to you. And if you were trying to get in yesterday but were unable to do so, well, I'd love to talk to you today. Now, in... I think so, yeah. Now, in that same congressional testimony, and, you know, (laughs) this is just... So, FBI Director Christopher Christopher Wray went on to explain, which I've said on this program before to you, so you all are already aware of it, that he explained once again that Iran is the number one state sponsor of terror. So what that means is that they spend a lot of their national budget on terrorism all over the world. They fund terrorist organizations. They train terrorists with their Iranian Revolutionary Guard. We know this. We know this. Christopher Ray went on to explain, you know, uh, do we need, need to remind everybody that it was the Iranians that actually attempted to assassinate former U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton. Remember that? Literally tried to assassinate a U.S. ambassador. (laughs) But uh, for some reason that we have this fanciful delusion that continues to cause, oh, I don't know, people like the Biden administration to say, yeah, let's renew our Iranian deal. Let's give them more money. When we know what they do with it. If we know. This is what they do with it. Somebody want to explain to me why we keep giving them money. You know. My grandmother used to say all the time. Fool me once. Shame on me. I mean. Fool me once. Shame on. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on me. How how many times are we going to rinse and repeat the same things only to come back and you have, for example, government spokespersons have to answer, well, how much of the $106 billion that the U.S. just unfroze for Iran went into Hamas's attack on Israel? Then you have John Kirby and others. Uh, 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 see, see what had happened was we we know no American dollars went went into that attack. I'm like, how you know, Chief? And then I offered you the fast food restaurant theorem. You know, said it once again. You know, I have a fast food restaurant. I make burgers. You know, in order to make burgers, I need buns and I need beef, buns and beef. Bobby comes around and says, "Hey, Abe, I have about $106 billion, and I'm going to dedicate it to your buns accumulation for your fast food restaurant. And I say, sure, Bobby, we won't use any of the money you give us for any beef. Guess what Bobby's contributions have just done? (laughs) 
Bobby's $106 billion has just made it a lot more readily available for me to use other money that I would have had budgeted for beef that I can actually buy more beef. This is the same type of insane thinking when people say, oh, the federal government funds Planned Parenthood, but the Planned Parenthood doesn't, but the government money doesn't go to fund abortions. Oh, what planet? Oh, what planet? So we know Iran is the number one state sponsor of terror, yet we keep sending them money. Barack Obama, pallets of cash. Remember, unmarked plane in cash. You have to start thinking, did they want that to happen? At least have to begin to ask the questions, because if we know they're the number one state sponsor of terror, so what do we mean when we say state sponsor of terror? Is it just a generalized idea of terror? Is it, is it you know, is it the, 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 the bullies on the schoolyard? What are we talking about when we say Iran is the number one state sponsor of terror? Are we talking about that Iran is the number one nation state that dedicates portions of its national budget for the ultimate hopeful, in their opinion, annihilation of the Jewish state of Israel and the Jewish people, the little Satan, and ultimately their objectives to annihilate the great Satan. Yet we 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 gonna give them money. We're gonna give them money. I might I might have been born that night, but it wasn't last night. At some point we have to start asking questions. It's interesting to me. I shared with you yesterday how um, new Speaker Johnson proposed a straight-up separated vote concerning aid for Israel not being tied to anything for Ukraine or any other nations. And it's amazing how the Jewish Chuck Schumer <laughs> is, oh, no, 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 that's not a serious proposal. We need all of the aid in one big package. Why? Chuck and Duck. Why should the bill include everybody in one bill? So y'all can get some more of that pork in, huh? Man, I'm telling you, Speaker Johnson, stick to your guns, man. What these fuddy-duddies in D.C. don't understand is that the American people are with you. You have people who are Democrats who say, why would we tie Israel Israel support to, to Ukraine funding? Why? I've had conversations with them. Though the Washington swamp rats may not understand, no, they understand, they just don't want it to happen. But the American people understand and they are with you. Another point I want to raise for you, man, I got to move faster. Hmm. Here we go. <clears throat> and that's another good point. Michael on the stream says, we have so many problems within our own border how can we continue spending so much beyond? That's a great question. That's a great question, and it's a question that a lot of Americans would want to ask as well. Have, have you seen our own nation lately? Our own southern border? Oh, that's right, because many in the government, they want it to happen. Remember, cloud premium strategy exported to the southern border? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have this to add in, which, you know, Bobby enjoyed this yesterday. By the way, Whatever aid money that we want to offer to Israel, we're going to take it out of the allocation to IRS agents from the Inflation Reduction Act. (laughs) The American people are with you. All right, this story, yesterday I shared with you how you had really what can only be described as a Muslim mob storming the airport in Dagestan, Russia. 
because they heard that a flight had landed. In, and this is in the northern part, in the Caucasus region of Russia. Stormed the airport looking for Jews. That was in Russia. Show new things in Jordan, Turkey, England. Check this out in France. Jewish homes, Jeff, if you would put the pictures up, for those who are watching the show, you'll get to see it. And for those who are listening only, I'll explain it, try to describe it to you in an, in an explanation. Today, hearkening back to the 1930s, Jewish homes in the 14th arrondissement of Paris were smeared with stars, the Jewish star of David. Some of you may recall in the 1930s uh, in, in Germany that you had Jewish homes that were marked and identified with stars of David that ultimately led to what became the Holocaust. <clears throat> it's happening again, y'all. And I'm showing you the pictures of what's going on. If you're, if you're not, if you're just listening to the show, there are pictures of apartments and residences in France and in Paris in particular that have been emblazoned with stars of David with blue ink. In this particular area. Do you think the people who are doing these things are ignorant of history? Or are they endeavoring to intentionally repeat it? October 7th has pulled the curtain back. On a lot of the hatred that has been. Percolating under the surface. For quite some time. What transpired before is beginning to transpire all over again. I'll give one more. I try to go quickly, then we'll get to the phone lines. Um, a new frontier in this um, in warfare that has reared its ugly head in the Hamas Israel war is artificial intelligence. With the current abilities of the, the the various artificial intelligence apparatuses, and even moving forward toward deep fakes and other things of that nature, uh, this is something that needs to be that 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 people need to be aware of. Now, it has been a tool of warfare all across the board, and a particular tool by terrorists to use imagery in psychological warfare. So even now, there have been you know images that reported to be people who who were injured from Israeli airstrikes, that never happened. Uh, you are aware, because we've talked about it in the program, how the false reports concerning the hospital, the Al-Hali Hospital in Gaza, uh, was struck by an Israeli airstrike. And it turns out, first of all, the rocket never even hit the hospital. It landed in the parking lot. And the rocket was fired by Palestinian terrorists. Though the false report was reported first, the lie went around the world quickly, led to riots and protests all over the world, attacks on our own U.S. embassy in Jordan and in Turkey, riots in other parts of the world, where a similar thing is happening. And I want you to put this picture up. You see this image. It is an image of a baby crawling through rubble. This image was posted on social media and was represented to show that this is a baby that was abandoned and crawling through rubble in Gaza. You had journalists who picked up this image and were circulating it and writing stories and saying, this is the horrors that are happening. Well, you, you know what? That image actually was generated by AI. 
it actually is a false image. The image was originally originally first circulated in early 2023 following earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. But it's fake. It's not real. But in psychological warfare, the people who are using them, they don't care if it's real or fake. They just wanted to provoke the types of responses and evoke the emotions that they want. Now, I'm sharing this with you because I want to help at this stage. AI is not very good at depicting certain portions of the human anatomy, like fingers and toes. If you looked at the image closely, you'll find that it had too many fingers to be a real baby. You see some of the indentions in the forehead and in the chin. You can, if you look at it for any appreciable amount of time and not looking for some confirmation of a personal bias you may already have, you would see that it's fake. But the effectiveness of it cannot be questioned, especially when you have a sycophantic media that wants to report in a biased manner. We have a sycophantic media, for example, that learns about a Hunter Biden laptop, but they don't want the election outcome to be different from what they desire. So they'll just straight up lie about the laptop. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is that there are efforts employed today to actively deceive. So we need to be all the more vigilant in making sure the things that we are learning and the things that we're circulating, that they're true. Because the deceptive efforts are afoot. And if we are not careful, we could be found disseminating false information. To the phone lines we go. We will start in Kentucky where Frank is on the line. Frank, thank you for calling the Hamilton Corner. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello, Abraham. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that uh, plane that uh, was in Russia. Did anybody they, they try to attack that plane? Did they get, anybody get hurt in that plane? Uh, the Jews? Good question. By God's grace, the the authorities in the region were able to protect the people. Nobody was injured, even though there were attempts to injure. Uh, nobody was reportedly injured so far. I'm going to continue to follow that story in particular. Uh, but according to the information that I have now, nobody was injured. Thankfully, because they they learned the authorities learned that this mob was forming, and so they exited the people off the plane in a different route than they normally would have. Uh, thank you for your call and your and and for your question. We'll go next to Texas, where Bobby is on the line. Bobby, thank you for calling the Hamilton Corner. Welcome to the program. You're not related to Bobby Rosa, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, Abraham, that uh. People need to just start waking up and see what's happening around us. I mean, my mother, she has been a Democrat for all of her life. This month, Next month, she'll be 78, praise Amen. God. And she is no longer a Democrat because she sees everything that's going on. I've been telling her that the Democrats have fooled the black people forever. They're not for us. They're against us. They're against this country. And it's time that people wake their, you know, open their eyes up because... If we continue to allow all this evil to happen, it is coming home. Well said, Bobby. Well said. And, you know, the issues should be palpably clear. Partisanship is not the concern. The issue is right and wrong, truth and lie, righteousness versus evil. When we understand the clarity that the scripture provides for us, it will make our decisions all the more easy to employ. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.